Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Yes, we are. So away we go with some news right off the top. And let's just start with that. Plus, on a side note, something that could involve Notre Dame down the line, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard has entered the transfer portal. So Tobias Merriweather and Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. And (laughs) let the speculation begin. I think that's good news for Notre Dame. I think it ultimately will be good news for Notre Dame, the Riley Leonard thing. Okay. We'll put that on the back burner for a second. Let's begin with Tobias Merriweather going to the transfer portal. Last season, Eric, there were a lot of Notre Dame fans who went to message boards and emailed or tweeted guys like you and I. Tobias Merriweather should be playing. What's holding him back? Why aren't they playing him? Well, he got to play this year, and unfortunately, he had a very inconsistent start to the year. Eventually, he became a reserve wide receiver for this football team and really was not one of the more productive wide receivers throughout this 2023 campaign. He has decided to leave Notre Dame and enter the portal. So, Eric, I guess I want to ask about Merriweather from – Two different standpoints. Number one, would you call this a big loss from a roster standpoint, Merriweather entering the portal? And number two, do you have to worry about other teams looking at this Notre Dame situation that from the outside looking in on the offensive side of the football is extremely unstable When you keep Jared Parker, who is highly debatable if that was the right choice, you fire your wide receiver coach, and two of your veteran wide receivers have left the program. So let's start with the roster. Is it a big deal? I think given the talent that's coming in in the freshman class, given that you had three very good freshman wide receivers, and if nobody else leaves – that's somebody that you're depending on for next year and you can add from the portal I don't think this hurts you from a perception standpoint I think it hurts you okay and and why I do is because Tobias was a pretty highly recruited kid who stuck with the coaching change there were two other wide receivers in that recruiting class that bailed at the 11th hour he didn't he was the guy who was serving burnt ends to Brian Kelly at his house when Brian Kelly got the LSU job which didn't help the wide receiver coach then keep his position no and so um he stuck with that but again underutilized yet last year didn't develop this year I don't know that it's completely Notre Dame's fault With that, but somebody from the outside looking in says, why doesn't he get developed? And then, again, there is, whether you agree with the decision to retain Jared Parker for now, 
there's a lot of bad publicity about that move. There's a lot of bad reactions to that move that bleeds into the recruiting vein. Okay. And, and I was mentioning to you off the air, um, we had Adam Gorney, the national recruiting director for Rivals on our podcast this week. And Adam is pretty plugged in. He's based on the West Coast, but he's really plugged in. And he said schools are using Parker against Notre Dame in recruiting. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. Again, if you're Marcus Freeman, you don't make a decision based on rumors and negative recruiting and stuff. If you can defend that decision, you defend it, and then you wait to see if that turns out to be a great decision. Again, Marcus gave two reasons of continuity in his past where this worked out. Uh, One was... Al Golden from year one to year two. Now it wasn't like wow, that's people a no were, brainer. <laughs> well, it wasn't like people were putting for sale signs, but no. I remember in my chats people <clears throat> not super happy with Golden, felt like that was not a great hire and mm. overrated hire, and then it turned out to be a great hire. The other one was Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati, where they were ninety fourth in the country in every other defensive category in total defense, and then they went to eleventh in one year, and that Luke Fickle stayed with him. And and my my parallel there, Darren, is that Marcus Freeman had Luke Fickle as a backstop. Luke Fickle is a defensive coach and a really good one. Bingo. And yep. so he could live with that and say, I see the positives in Marcus Freeman and I can help him get there. Marcus Freeman's a defensive coach. Jared Parker's an offensive coach. Can he say... I, I know I can get Jared Parker there. Um, and and I think that's a, a fair debate. I'm not here to bash Jared Parker. I'm just saying this is the reality of the dynamics of that decision. And Marcus is going to have to live with that. And, and, and again, sometimes it's not easy to cut against the grain when – a lot of people wanted to have Brian Kelly fired in 2016. I didn't jump on that bag mm-hmm. ring, and you remember nope. that. Yep. And I'm with you. I said no, and I caught a lot of grief for it. I mean, it would have been much easier to say, get BK out of town. Get He's, the gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> let's go over and toilet paper his house. Uh, but, but, you know, you have to go with what you really feel now, certainly when it was Charlie's time to go, Charlie and I had a really good relationship at that time, but I felt Charlie had to go. With Tyrone, yeah, I definitely felt like it was yeah. time to go. With Bob Davey, I was leading the parade. <laughs> uh, but And he but, loves you for that still. He loves me for it still. But Brian <laughs> Kelly, I wasn't up for that. I, I thought that there was something worth salvaging there. And, so, and you're not always right on those. I mean yeah. – um, even with assistant coaches, but with Jared Parker, I think that's why people in the Zoom were trying to kind of follow up and say, what is it that you're seeing that leads you to believe? I remember having that um, I remember having that very conversation with Brian Kelly in his offense office about Brian Van Gorder. And I'll tell you what, I give Kelly a lot of credit because he could have snapped at me and he didn't. He was very measured in what he said. He said, Eric, you know, a long time ago, we coached together, and we had a philosophy about how to coach defense. 
and we always thought that we'd like to coach again together someday. The problem is Brian Kelly evolved, and Brian Van Gorder, who once upon a time was good enough to win the Broyles Award at Georgia, didn't. He didn't evolve with with spread offenses. He didn't evolve with tempo, and and so that's the problem. And and so even with a coach that you think is really good right now, will they be good in five years? Are they committed to evolving? I'll tell you who's evolved is Mike Denbrock. And oh. I mean, he he's a finalist for the Broyles Award this year and would be very deserving if he got it. And if he didn't, there's four other guys that are pretty deserving too. But Mike Denbrock has evolved in his philosophy, and he was pretty good when he was at Notre Dame. But, um, you know, that's the thing. John Tenuta was lights out at Georgia Tech. When he came to Notre Dame, he was not good, and he hasn't been good since. And so, again, can you evolve? It was interesting, a a conversation I had with Mike Elko during his one year at Notre Dame, who's the new Texas A&M head coach, and he was defensive coordinator here in 2017. I said, how is it that you guys – you have adapted to spread and tempo and stuff. He goes, we came up with it. He goes, that that was kind of, I mean, it came early in our careers and we can make mistakes with it and then get really good at it. But he goes, I'm going to have to get good at something else at some point. You know, there's going to be another offensive curveball that I'm going to have to be good at. Boy, did that go on a long answer. What was even the question? I've forgotten at this point, but I'm going to steer back this direction. Okay. Chancey Stuckey was let go by Marcus Freeman. Yeah. We heard on Monday that he wanted to bring everybody back. Right. Everybody is asking what changed. It is a wonderful question. And you look at the statement put out by Marcus Freeman yesterday. Yep. And he wrote over the past few days, we had continued discussions on the overall performance of our wide receiver group and my expectations for the development of that position. I decided it was in the program's best interest to part ways. I think you could argue the word development is very important. And you think back to pretty much every Marcus Freeman press conference when the offense stunk, what did we always hear? that we need to figure out a way that the plays that are being called to teach the players better so they have an understanding of their responsibilities. It was never the play call. It was always on basically the teaching of the players. Right. Fair? Right. Well, development to me kind of falls into that category. So that to me is the first time since we've heard it all year that Marcus Freeman has done something about the teaching of a part of his football team. And I almost feel like, and I had a discussion with someone today about this, that there are coaches that are great recruiters and there are assistant coaches that are great teachers. The ones that do both really well, Eric, are really hard to find. Those those are premium guys. And I wonder, after we hear all these great things about the recruiting success of Marcus Freeman, is this starting to balance the staff to bring in better teachers in order to teach the guys to perform their task at a better level like he has talked about throughout the season during press conferences? Well, the the one thing about Chancey Stuckey was the resume was pretty thin. And 
I remember Tommy Reese talking about how impressed they were with him. And he went from a guy that was kind of very on the fringe of even being considered to the front runner based on his interview. And so maybe you can go back and say he just wasn't a full-time assistant long enough. I think he was one year at Baylor and then he was in part-time learning roles before that. You know, he, he had a longer NFL career than he got out of the football entirely sure. for a while. And then he got back into it. So, again, maybe the teaching shortcomings, you know, maybe there's a different – I know Brady Quinn is still high on him. Brady tweeted about how sure. sad he was to see this happen. But between teaching – teammates in the NFL versus teaching 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. I mean, Charlie found that out. It was way different coaching guys in their 20s than go coaching guys in their teens. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's part of it. But, yeah, Marcus has, has prided himself on hiring great treat teachers and great recruiters, and apparently this was one – where it was very good in recruiting and wasn't as good as teachers. But let's go back to two points. One is, why did Marcus say that? That's what everybody wants to know. That's absolutely. what I get And a asked. very fair question. And I will say he absolutely fumbled. I mean, in terms of media preparedness, he's been pretty good. And he just absolutely dropped the ball. And But what it makes – here's the consequence of that, Darren. Yeah is it makes it hard to believe for people to believe him yes. moving forward because he was pretty emphatic about it and then less than 24 hours later now if Chancey Stuckey had um you know let the air out in Marcus's tires that afternoon and you know threw eggs at his house then you might say okay well something changed well, I'm sure but, a couple of key guys going to position might have set an alarm as well <laughs> well but but that should not I mean if you were willing to defend that bef when you made that announcement in the zoom conference and you should be willing to make that announcement I, I do think that this is really the truth that he had not finished his evaluations he hadn't talked to everybody yet but the mistake was just not saying you know what that process has not had a chance to I think what he was trying to avoid was speculation about Parker. Abs everything's always about Parker. And 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 it came back to bite him in another area. And so he in, in trying not to fuel that speculation, he made a mistake and I think if we had Marcus if he walked in right now into the studio, I would fall out of my chair, but if he did, <laughs> you I would I would say he would say that was a mistake, but in terms of like um coaches and media and so forth that trust is really important there was i don't know if i should tell the story but uh, i'm carter to, told his story you tell your story okay <laughs> well so in 2016 after the 2016 season there was a group that took out an ad in the south bend tribune to fire brian kelly <laughs> and jack swarbrick and brian kelly was not enamored with me because he felt like I should have somehow stopped that ad from running in our paper. I didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't my place to 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 do that. And 
Um, and they were paying customers. <laughs> and, and so Brian said he wasn't going to talk to me in future press conferences when they started up in the spring. And I said, okay, um, you know what? You've been incredibly honest and respectful for, to me at least since 20, the end of 2011, but, <laughs> but pretty much since 2010. We had had a pretty good relationship up to that point, and I said, I'm going to treat you the same way. So if you don't talk to me, I'm still going to treat you with trust and respect. And in the, I asked the very first question in the spring, and he answered it, and off we went again. And that trust was very important when he also allowed me to spend the day with him between in the June between the bad 2016 season and this renaissance. And really the story that I did on a day with Brian Kelly kind of became the national template people followed in, hey, maybe he's got something here with all these changes. So so that is important for a coach to have. You don't just brush something like this away. I do think Marcus needs to clarify this more than just the statement at some point if he wants to win that trust back with the fan base and the media. I'm with you. Well said. Beautifully said. It is an awkward situation. If it would have happened a week after he made that comment, you know, things happen, but it was so boom, boom, that unless there was just a massive, massive blow up or new information that was brought forth, it's a very odd situation to say the least. And now you see two veteran wide receivers go to the portal, Chris Tyree, and now Tobias Merriweather. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Chris Tyree, no matter who the wide receiver coach is going to go, he w- unless they said, you know what, we're going to feature you next year, you're going to have the they most weren't. reps on the team. Nope. He was, you tweeted it, and I mentioned it in my chat, you know, he was the the leader among wide receivers and receiving yards, and he was one behind Rico Flores and receptions. And he was only played in 35% of the offensive snaps. 23 snaps per game on average. Right. And so if he wants to play in the NFL, he's got to play more than that. What are the chances that Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison are going to get worse and that Logan Sadalte is going to be a flop? And they throw away the 12 and 13 personnel that they love to use, right. which takes wide receivers off the field. Right, so I can see Chris Tyree Smart making decision. that decision. Tobias Merriweather, it's interesting. If he had issues with Stuckey, then why would he leave when, when Stuckey's leaving? But um, that's why I thought, I mean, when I, I got asked about it in chat, and I'll look like kind of an idiot at this point because I thought, this is really fluid, but I think he'll stay. But, you know, there can be sh- sharp turns because I knew there was a decision to be made, but I thought he would make the decision to stay. Uh, but he didn't. And mm. so, I mean, he can always make a U-turn, but he didn't make that decision. And so, um, you know, I think he'll he'll be a good wide receiver somewhere else, and maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Because I think a lot of his problems were his own. Agreed. He got every he opportunity. The yeah. Way too much. Yep. Dropped the football way too much. Okay. Why don't we get a break out of the way? Okay. Because we've now opened the door for like a thousand other topics, and I still have not had the chance on this program to ask you officially about Marcus Freeman retaining Jared Parker as offensive coordinator. And you laid out perception 
issues possibly for this football program. So let's dig into that and more. Again, Tobias Merriweather to the transfer portal. We already knew Chris Tyree was entering the portal. And this Merriweather announcement comes soon after that wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey was not brought back by head coach Marcus Freeman. And who knows what's next? <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. 529 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Save big money and all your automotive needs at Menards. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Uh, here at Notre Dame, to have a chance to play these kind of teams, you have an opportunity to jump up and, and maybe in some ways be a spoiler. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're talking about Stanford. Yeah, if you want to ask me a question about Stanford, I'm all ears. I'll pass. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And most of the football players who chose USC over UCLA because it's easier to spell. Twenty-six minutes in front of six o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on nine sixty AM WSBT. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. The King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. This holiday season, give the gift of hope to a hungry neighbor. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future, and South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. Sportsbeat continues. He is Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, covering Notre Dame Athletics as part of the Rivals Network. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday evening. Irish wide receiver Tobias Merriweather has officially put his name into the transfer portal. Two wide receivers have now left the roster. Merriweather and Chris Tyree and the wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey was let go. Also today, we found out Duke quarterback Riley Leonard is putting his name into the portal, and that definitely, you would imagine, is someone that Notre Dame would be very interested in. And I want to talk about Riley at some point. It might be tomorrow at this rate, Eric, considering all of the current Notre Dame football news we have percolating at this particular time. I want to take a step back. As I mentioned a moment ago, I haven't had the chance to talk to you on the air about a couple of Notre Dame storylines that have developed throughout the week. Now, we've established that Marcus Freeman said on Monday that he hoped to have everybody back on the coaching staff, and 24 hours or less later, Chancey Stuckey was fired as wide receiver coach. But as you established perfectly, and I agreed with you everything you said, the whole statement was basically to take the spotlight off his offensive coordinator, Jared Parker, who he has protected successfully throughout the regular season with his press conference comments and did so again 
on Monday. So Jared Parker is coming back. And Eric, the one thing that I think is very difficult for Irish fans to comprehend, it's one thing if the splits on some of the offensive numbers are close. Yeah. But Eric, it's hard for fans to understand how the head coach can say that 47 points is what you average in the wins and 19 in the losses. That's like the Grand Canyon, Eric. I mean, that is a massive, massive number. Basically, what we're saying is when Notre Dame faced either a really smart defensive coordinator or a very talented football team or all the above, this offense was stymied. And unlike what we've heard in press conferences, it was not all on the players' poor execution. There were many, many things that went into the struggle. So, Eric... Are you surprised Parker is coming back, first of all? And second of all, you had your chat today. I'm sure people were wanting your opinion. How do you comprehend or how do you talk to Irish fans about what Marcus is thinking and feeling about the guy he knows very well that's his offensive coordinator? I give them candy or beer. Um, <laughs> you might need something a heck of a lot stronger to get them through what they're dealing with right now with, with what's going on. Okay. In all seriousness, let, let's start with Parker. First point I want to make is given that he said, we're going to bring everybody back and then Chancey Stuckey is gone the next day, I think it's reasonable – to speculate that this isn't the last change that will be made on the staff. I agree 100%. And I think maybe it's the last one that would be made before a bowl game, but I think things could be subject to review after a bowl game. So let's throw that out there. Um, Can I stop you one second? Yes, please But with stop the me. portal decisions coming up, you got to be careful about making a change too late if you're going to make a change at very important positions in particular. Well, I mean, they played that game, although, I mean, it wasn't their decision. Tommy Reese left because he had a better opportunity. But Sam Hartman could have very well, at the end of spring, said, I'm leaving. I'm going elsewhere. I'm going to Alabama. I'm going to somewhere else. Playing in the SEC championship this weekend. <laughs> yeah, he, he could have said he was going to go somewhere else, and he didn't. Um, so that's okay. that's a possibility. Okay. So, right. but yeah, I think if you were going to make that change, I would have done it now. But then again, maybe having a placeholder. You know, there's other things that can happen. So, for example, let, let's tease this out a little bit. Okay. So you have a opening at wide receivers right now, right? Mm-hmm. What if you wanted to make a change? And, I, and I, this is all speculative. Hypothetical. This, this is very hypothetical. Hypotheticals. But, but you could do this. You could say, you know what? I'd like to bring in another offensive coordinator. And it just happens to be somebody that's a wide receivers coach. And then you could make that change in January. You could make that change after a bowl game. Okay. Especially if that coach were involved with a team that was playing for pretty high stakes, either in a playoff or a pretty high-profile bowl game. You could, you could make that. So I think that's a scenario that you could point to that's realistic, that, that could happen. But let's say Jared Parker – 
is here to stay, that Marcus Freeman will get to either January 2nd or December 29th, depending on the bowl, and we do think it'll be January 1st that they'll be playing in the ReliaQuest Bowl. There are ways that could short-circuit, depending on what happens in this Saturday's games. Alabama winning. Alabama winning would screw it up. Florida State losing could screw it up. Hmm. But um, but m- most likely Notre Dame ends up there. Um, so um, what I was going to say is if, if Jared Parker is going to be the offensive coordinator going forward, I understand Marcus's reasoning for sticking with this based on what he said in the press conference, based on, wow, look at the Al Golden situation, how that turned out with the second year, and his own experience. But where I pointed out the difference in that (laughs) was Al Golden is this veteran coach with a huge resume that had been a head coach a couple times, one of the best defensive coordinators when he became a head coach, and then had six years of NFL experience. Disrespectful to Al Golden. So that that's a different scenario. Marcus Freeman's thing was more in line. Yes. But, again, you had Luke Fickle, this incredible defensive mind, as your mentor and kind of your backstop, and there's that person doesn't exist. If Jared Parker stays – and Notre Dame doesn't go out and get a veteran analyst to help him develop, I think that's where you could really be critical, even if this works out. I don't think that's a smart move to make, even if it ends up working out and Jared Parker surprises us. Uh, To me, I didn't see the things where, in, in the performance where it gave me confidence to say, and again, this really comes down to a very simple equation, Darren. If he's not one of the best 10 to 12 offensive coordinators in college football this year, do you have ev- enough evidence to believe that he will be that in 2024? If your answer is no, no. then how can you not reassign him at this point? If Agreed. you're Notre Dame. If your answer is yes, then you have to make that happen and you have to do the things that will help foster that and make that happen. And so for me, just in the football that I've watched, and again, I'm, I admit I, I'll be wrong on things. Um, I, I don't see it. I don't see what that happens. And some of it is the environment in which Jared Parker is in right now is a struggle. And I'm not saying it's easy. But when he was the tight ends coach and we was talking to the media, and I mean, these are little things you pick up on. He was super relaxed yes. and and he was gave much better answers, but he was super relaxed. He was never relaxed this year. Now, again, I was talking to Al Golden mostly. I would overhear some of it and then I would listen to the tape afterwards so that I was up to date and read the transcript. So I was up to date on what happened. So I didn't spend as much time with him, uh, but you know I've seen how other offensive coordinators operate, and you can kind of tell when the white noise is kind of getting to them. You know, without it, would he be better? Probably, but um, again, what what is it that Marcus Freeman saw? I mean, it, 
the questions were asked in the Zoom conference, and you know he seemed to see things that led him to believe that that potential was there. But again, it's not enough just to be better in those games. You have to win those games. You have to win Texas A&M, Florida State, and USC next year, or at least two out of three of them to have a chance to get in the 12-team playoff. And you can't lose games not in the big three. Eric, just the comment he made after the Clemson game about play action and not using it because they were in man, that's enough for every team across the country use that as ammunition against Notre Dame and recruiting. It was silly. It was silly. And going back to what you just said about adding an analyst, honestly, that's something Tommy well, Reese should have done. Now, now again, the, the thing is, is did he give that answer because that's really what he thinks, or did he give that answer because he didn't want to give the real answer and oh. that was a bad word salad see i'm tired of hearing about people making bad decisions in their words tell it like it is then you don't have to worry about it just be honest just be honest folks okay everybody is so worried about beating around the bush and honestly you will get criticized if you do if you do tell it like it is but you're going to get criticized anyway so do it right you're going to get criticized whether you are a word salad guy a coach speak guy a tell-it-like-it-is guy. I, I personally liked BK's honesty. I liked that he didn't Absolutely. go down the coach speak. And when he did give you a word salad, we had a format where you could kind of <laughs> drill down on things a little bit better. Yeah. So, I mean, he was either going to die on that word salad or he was going to come around and eventually give you the answer that was the one that you wanted. But he caught a lot of grief because people thought, well, it sounds like he's throwing the players under the bus, or it sounds like this. But at least he was putting it out there. And and we got a lot of that from Marcus in the first year. I think he dialed it back a little bit this year. And and he's got to decide, okay, what's the authentic him? What's the what's the best way he's to approach bad it? Bad advice. And I'll and Eric, I guess we keep hearing about throughout the season that we need to focus on being better teachers. If that is the case, isn't the offensive coordinator the ultimate teacher on the offensive side of the football? Doesn't well, he, it rest he, with him? Now, he has position coaches to continue to right. teaching the philosophy, but doesn't it kind of start with the offensive coordinator? Yes, and he's the boss of those other guys. And and given, again, Marcus's um, leaning toward his defense being his background, that takes on heightened importance. Not that Marcus isn't involved in the offense, but he's not going to be as involved as Brian Kelly and Charlie Weiss were. You know, Bob Davey was a defensive guy. Yes. Tyrone was both sides of the ball, but had never been a coordinator. And so Tyrone was beholden to both of his coordinators. If they couldn't fix it, he was dead in the water. And so that was that was difficult for Tyrone. You know, Lou Holtz really knew both sides of the ball very well. Really, Brian Kelly did. I mean, Brian Kelly started That's, as a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Um, and when Van Gorder was let go, it was Elston and Brian Kelly, even though they rolled out a, um interim defensive coordinator, that was kind of a ceremonial role. It was really Elston and Brian Kelly. And the reason Brian Kelly did that, he, he did not – 
He was trying to protect Elston. If things didn't go well the rest of the season, he didn't want him to be a fall guy and get fired for being the interim. He wanted him to stay on the staff, and he did. Another guy that was brilliant on both sides of the ball was Mike Denbrock. And yeah. I think it's always made him and a he's better been a coordinator offensive on coordinator both sides. Yeah. because he was on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. And I guarantee you, if Brian Kelly had that one to do over, he would have kept him at Notre Dame. That might have been his biggest mistake in going a different direction. Well, obviously, he he would do it over again because he hired him at LSU <laughs> and he has the number one offense right I'd now. I'd take him here, man. I think he's a brilliant coach. I do too. And the record would be a lot different. And I texted him the other day. Did you really? Yes. Good dude. We di- we discussed a possible LSU Notre Dame matchup, and I the only thing I will share from okay. that is he thinks Notre Dame's defense is legit. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he goes that's a really good defense. And for 1995, you can find out what he thinks about the Irish offense. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about. That. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, we'll take a timeout. we got to get another break in. We'll just keep the conversation rolling. Again, the news of the day, Irish wide receiver Tobias Merriweather to the transfer portal. Duke quarterback Riley Leonard to the transfer portal. 550 at WSBT. Looking to take your business career to the next level? Bethel University in Mishawaka, Indiana has you covered. Our MBA and MA in organizational leadership programs are tailored to working professionals, providing the flexibility to choose between online or on-campus options. You can now gain the skills and knowledge you need to become a successful leader on your own terms. Join the Bethel University community and position yourself for success. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solidground to request more information and apply today. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. He's Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. 554 WSBT. Twitter X question of the day yesterday. This was before we found out today that... Tobias Merriweather, Irish wide receivers, entered the transfer portal. Yesterday's question was, which is the biggest offensive loss for Notre Dame to the transfer portal? So when I asked the question, the two biggest names were center Zeke Carell and wide receiver Chris Tyree. So Eric, having time to ponder that question, what do you believe is the definitive answer? Between Tyree and Zeke Corral? Mm-hmm. I think Tyree is the better prospect of those two. I think he's got the better future. I think they're they're both welcome additions. I mean, getting a guy with Zeke's experience, especially if he plays maybe in group of five rather than power five, uh, but elite speed plays everywhere. And if you can get – Chris, I could see Chris Tyree going back to running back and getting thrown to a lot in a certain offense. I think he can play wide receiver too. I, I would take him because I think the upside is greater. Okay. The voters decided that Chris Tyree was 77% of the vote and Zeke Carell, 23% of the vote. So majority goes with Chris Tyree. Between those two, the player that the Irish will miss the most. Both of them great locker room guys. Okay. Now we move along to today's question. And I've also 
kind of tweak the title of the segment. It's the Sports Beat Inside Indie Sports.com Twitter question of the day. You've been sending it out to your followers, and we've getting a lot of response from them. So I appreciate that. Today's question was pretty simple. But they like to argue with you, too. Even they do. Though, yeah. That's fun. No, I like it. I like it. Okay. Notre Dame reportedly, at the time, parting ways with wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey. Is that concerning to you? Yes or no? Simply put. Is the removal of Chancey Stuckey from the coaching staff concerning to you, yes or no? And my answer is yes. no. And the reason being is, all the recruits in the 2024 class are solid to Notre Dame with three weeks basically left before signing day. And that I think they can get somebody comparable to that. I, I think Chancey did an amazing job with um, recruiting. And if Marcus felt like player development was lacking, then he was right to make the change. I, I'm – I think Chancey did a good job with some of them and other wide receivers didn't develop. So, And if teaching the players better, something that Marcus stressed throughout the season is important, and in order for the Jared Parker thing to work, I think you have to reevaluate the entire offensive coaching staff at this time. Well, I have the some, best teachers possible. Yeah, I have somebody that constantly and is a really smart football person. They're not separating Eric. They're not separating Eric and – I don't have a good comeback to that. Uh, I do think you can kind of scheme for separation. Uh, I do think they have kind of. <laughs> speed. But but I do think there are speedy receivers on the team, too. And if they're not separating, is that part of the development? I think it's part of its scheme, play call, and part of it is development. So we'll see. But they got more speed on the way. There's at least two of those guys that are burners in the next – freshman class okay cam williams and, and logan sadalte sadalte okay and you keep telling me he had a massive senior season the kid who flipped from oregon state so we'll see if he pops up on the depth chart next year that's the one thing with tyree leaving i'd love to have him here but there's some interesting parts to take his place there are people that think micah gilbert is better than both of them really? i think of the three cam williams has the is the most camera ready to jump in next year, and he will have the most opportunity. He could play either outside spot, six foot two, and can fly. Yeah, he's really good. He's borderline five star for rivals. He already is a five star by some of those other people that usually don't know what they're talking about, and <laughs> but in this case, they do. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing when players vault up the rankings who are tied into Notre Dame, how all of a sudden the, the people who do that are brilliant. Yeah. But when someone goes the other way, oh, they hate Notre Dame right away. I will <laughs> say this. I do think Notre Dame has a good chance to add a five-star when the rivals come out next week, when the rivals' new rankings come out next week. I think they will add a five-star. How many five-stars do does rivals have – with Notre Dame right now? Zero. Okay. I have a feeling I know who that is then. Okay. Okay. Probably someone we just talked about. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. We'll Maybe. see. I'm not we'll allowed see. to reveal it. Okay. All right. Do you ever make suggestions? No, because that's not my thing. And especially when I know, then I 
then that person would get mad at me for saying it. So then I have to really be dumber than I normally am. So you call Tyler James, say, Tyler, call that guy and say, he's a five-star. <laughs> <laughs> or Charleston, maybe. Yes, Charleston's plugged in with all that stuff. All right, very good. All right, well, we have a thousand more things to talk about. Can we maybe save them for tomorrow at 5 o'clock? Yeah. Because I want to talk about Riley Leonard going into the portal, which seems to line up with what Notre Dame is wanting to accomplish. so many interesting threads about that in Notre Dame's pursuit of him. You want to tease number one? It it definitely, if he gets into Notre Dame, it would be a show of faith on the administrative side of a guy that's not a grad transfer and not a freshman getting through admissions. That would be a huge statement just for that. Historic. Let's use the word historic. Okay. <laughs> Since we were hysterical, we'll use historic. <laughs> All right, let me hit the music here because your website is hopping right now, InsideIndieSports.com. And since we have a million storylines to talk about right now, maybe a half a million are on the site now and maybe a half a more yet to come. Well, I had my chat transcript today, lots of goodies in there. In fact, it's the number one trending story nationally on the Rivals Network. Right you provided now. no word salads, right? It was all from the gut. It was no word salads. I, I had a word preface salad, but I mm-hmm. I then answered okay. the question. Um, we have the story from Tyler James about Tobias Merriweather, ex- desire to enter the transfer portal, which opens Monday. Uh, we have... Uh, Ivan Taylor from Florida, really good safety. He has set his commitment date for Friday. Tyler has a, ours is called Future Cast. He has a Future Cast in for Ivan Taylor. And that's Ike Taylor's son, the old Steeler defensive end. And there's so much more. That podcast with Adam Gorney, he's the guru of the portal. That's worth listening to. And But listen to us tomorrow because we're going to have tons of stuff too. Any Christmas deals or anything going on? We do. We did. It ended on Monday, ah, but 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 for our radio subscribers, you can always do a 30-day free trial. And I'm going to tell you the code tomorrow, just because I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I will have it tomorrow, ready to go. Could be a good stocking stuffer. No, it's I, not a stocking stuffer. That's a if, main if, present. If, if you want a free trial, December is the month to do it because there's all this drama going on. A lot of it good drama and some of it Eesh. drama drama. Self-induced. But, but I'll tell you, there's lots of great stuff on the free side of the paywall and a lot of stuff behind the paywall you don't want to miss. We're not done yet. Yeah, Tyler had all kinds oh. of candidates for the wide receivers coaching position already yeah wow. interesting very interesting names just a little update tennessee notre dame women's basketball in knoxville tennessee 42 notre dame 27 with seven and change to go in the third quarter so things are a little rocky in knoxville right now for the irish rocky yeah okay all I uh, they'll be interesting when they get all their pieces together, but um, 
I, I thought they'd be more competitive in this game. Olivia Miles soon? Boy, they I'll tell are, you. It, they're very tight-lipped. They are, it, it's the same answer every time. Um, we're not rushing her. Da, 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 da. But to their credit, they're not being yeah. deceptive. Yeah, yes. That's all we can ask yeah. for. Cass Prosper didn't play in this game. That's a big defensive presence not playing. But, She's uh, got a boot on her right foot. Yeah. And Sonia Citron is out. It looks like another couple weeks. Niel said a couple weeks, and now it looks like it'll be another couple weeks. If I were them, I'd just say, you know, they only have four. Day to Dece- day. They only have four December games. That might be better just to just kind of keep her out until ACC play in January. Hmm. Only four games. Interesting. Yeah, they're spread out all over the place. So they played a lot in November, though, and they were in different countries and all that stuff. So they, they have to have time to do their Christmas shopping. And there's a few tests to take. There's a bunch of tests to take. A bunch so. of tests to take. That's right. No doubt. All right. I'm going to let you go home. And barring other breaking news, which is not out of the realm of possibility, we'll talk off the top tomorrow about is Notre Dame and Riley Leonard a match. And then we'll get into the possible, as I put it, historical significance if they were able to come together. Right. Sound like a deal? That sounds great. All right. Very good. Eric, thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. We've got an hour to go on the program. 606 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. You might have. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 